0: You are listening to Grit and Grace. My name is Lee, and I am here for deep, soul-level conversations and connections about spirituality to step into a deeper understanding of what lies on the other side of the veil. As a social impact entrepreneur, founder of the Moon Temple Mystery School, high priestess and ritualist, I am shining a light on walking the awakening path and how it weaves into our daily lives. I invite you to take a deep breath Leave what you know at the door and step into the mysteries with me. Thank you for joining us again on Grit and Grace. And I'm super excited to bring to you some of the top experts in fields that we are exploring and bringing to you at the Moon Temple Mystery School. And one of the things that I find really important as we start to walk down the path of deeper knowing within ourselves is calling in people that can help us explore not just the pieces of us that we know, but the pieces of us that we may not know that exist around us that allows us to choose and create direction and feeling in our life. And sometimes we don't really even know what that means. (laughs) And you might not even know what I'm talking about, (laughs) which is okay because today we're going to be diving deep into that. And I'm super excited to have one of my dear brothers, someone that I'm deeply connected to, Ephraim Mallory. Thank you for joining me.
1: Oh, I am so happy to be here. So happy.
0: First of all, can I just say how excited I am that you're going to be a big part of the Mystery School because you bring a a, a strong presence of knowledge, but also such grace and love that I am really excited to see how people are going to interact with your energy.
1: Thank you. I am too. I'm so excited to be part of it. It's <laughs> it's so full and it's exploding into infinity already.
0: I know and it's and and while we're recording that we are just about to take the site live we haven't yet by the time you guys are listening to this you can go to the com and find out what we're talking about but right now Ephraim and I are in this like expansive conversation at all of the things that we can potentially do in a mystery school everything <laughs> yeah right 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 and I I want to acknowledge one thing another thing about you and how you impact my life and that is many of you that are listening have listened to my other podcasts and you've heard me talk about the fact that I ritual with and practice with some deep sisterhood. I have, you can call us whatever you want, our own inner coven. You can call us connected. You can call us sister goddesses, sister queens, whatever whatever you want. But we are there are four of us, four women where we are connected in a thread that passes through our, our entire bodies. And Ephraim um, is connected to one of those women. And so we... Have been able to do all of the work that we do and have you there supporting this space in a way that is spectacular. So I really want to acknowledge that that is a big part of how I've connected to you. And it feels like you're an extension of one of my sisters. So I know that you feel me as deeply as she does.
1: (laughs) It's so true. And I always feel so privileged when I get to be a part of that power and Mm. just to behold the majesty of you four sisters and to participate in it. It's a stunning, gorgeous experience. Mm,
0: I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And today we're going to talk about archetypes. <laughs> like I, I went into this like really esoteric introduction and didn't actually say the word archetypes. And I want to give our listeners a little bit of background because studying archetypes and being able to teach it and walk people through developing their own archetypes is not something that is done lightly or easily. And I know that you've been doing this work, well, probably your entire lifetime, but specifically for 18 years. So let's start with the definition of an archetype.
1: I think the easiest way to access archetypes is that they are stories, but they're bigger than Just like, you know, the story of what I had for dinner last night, they are universal stories, like these pieces of these beautiful, not just pieces, but every single one of them. Every story is like a wholeness of, for example, the wholeness of mother as an archetype, or the wholeness of goddess as an archetype, and... an archetype holds every story of every mother in it and then it becomes this in- individual piece that you may hold i may hold as if i hold the mother archetype hmm. Does, was that a little too esoteric
0: no that's good i, I just i want so my next question will be is is there a standardization? I know the answer to this, but I'm asking you to explain it. Is this standardization of archetypes as a whole? Um, so a lot of people
1: play with archetypes in the world. And I trained with Carolyn Mace. And she created a system that she calls sacred contracts, which is understanding your archetypes that you came into this life with. It's like, it's almost as if you planned it before you got here. And these are the stories I want to live and the lessons I want to learn and the things that I want to realize for my fullness. And so the system that I work in is helping people discover what those core archetypes are. There's 12. And then to learn how to really use them and understand them on a deep, embodied Level. Mm.
0: So, when you say that an archetype is a story, is it is it also related to how I would think of um, myths, mythology? Absolutely.
1: So, myths are a fantastic example. Every myth is an archetypal story. Every fairy tale is an archetypal story. It's like some people will literally are literally living the Cinderella story or Dorothy of the Wizard of Oz, and or the story of Prometheus, or whoever it might be. And we all live <laughs> multiples of these stories in our life. So I sometimes like to think of archetypes. It embodies the entire story of perhaps a particular character.
0: So is it like the framework... I want to use, I'm trying to use like words that, is it like framework of an experience? So one thing that I think people are common, more commonly exposed to is like the hero's journey because there's so many movies and, you know, Hollywood, actually there's lots of movies that, that um, display the different archetypes. But I think about the hero's journey is just something that we may hear about more. Is that is that make sense? It
1: is like that in the sense that each story, each archetype has its own version of the hero's journey that it needs to travel. And so Mm. like this discovery is, oh my gosh, what's the hero's journey of the mother as I'm traveling it? And you can lay that on and, and, and spread it out and say, oh my goodness, here's the guide that I discovered on the way and here's the obstacle and here's the resolution. And chances are each archetype is gonna walk a hero's journey multiple times.
0: Yes, right. Okay, so to go kind of like back a step to Carolyn Mace, because I know that 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 is what she's talking about, the way that you learned this, is that it was part of our soul. Like we chose this. And, you know, people are listening to this and they're going to be like, I did not choose to live through 2020. And we're like, yep, you did. (laughs) You came into this lifetime to choose to live in a time where, Everything is changing. And I think that we should talk about that because it's very interesting for people to hear that have not previously maybe explored the idea that they made a contract, their soul made a contract before they came into this particular human body.
1: Well, the thing... Um, that's most painful about it is yes, we made the contract. It's like, oh my goodness, I want to experience that. Give me 2020, I can't wait to get there. (laughs) And then we forgot that we were excited about it, forgot that Mm. we designed the whole thing to learn about it. And uh, the painful part is that we forgot. Mm. I mean, imagine if we had a level of remembering And understanding, whoa, yes, I wanted to live every trial and tribulation and um, negativity and positivity that is happening right now.
0: Right. Right. We signed up to say, strip us bare of all the things that. A lot of people think matter that no longer matter. It's like, give us, give us the experience of being stripped bare. It's, it's so true.
1: And the remembering is, oh, wait, that's not me. That hmm. I, I, that's not me at all. This version of jealousy or pain or um, lack of connection, all of those things are not me, not you. And remembering is that realization of, oh, here I am again. Whole.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, right. Right. I think that, you know, one of the things that you and I should maybe talk upon is that there is, during this year of 2020, there is an awakening that's happening at a rapid speed and You know, maybe compared to the last couple of years, I'm not going to talk beyond that because there have been other periods of that. But I think one of the things that we signed up for is to help the collective go through this process of awakening, which is why you and I are doing work in the mystery school like we are, because it's the time for us to provide services and support for people that are feeling this shift and this change and they want to be whole. They're not sure how to be they might feel the veil dropping a little bit and be like, I, you know, I call those curtain peekers, right? People that like peek through the curtain and they're like, Oh, I see something over there. Oh wait, Nope. That's too scary. I'm going back. (laughs) (laughs) Right, Back to Oz, right? (laughs) Right, right. I prefer the glasses, put the glasses on. Don't take them off. (laughs) It's, I think it's, it's the timing of, of what's happening in 2020 of this awakening is important. And I, I want to ask you about how you feel about that.
1: Honestly, I I feel I feel excited. I feel like like over the past years, there's been this momentum that's building and building and building, and more and more people are just opening and realizing wait a minute, this is about love. Wait a minute, this is about living in happiness and in ecstasy. And in this moment, there's this culmination of um, contradiction. And in the contradiction, we have to wake up more just to survive the polarity of it.
0: Hmm. I, I feel you when you say that. And polarity is at the crux of everything that we learn. One
1: of my, uh, one of my beloved teachers would always say it's about um, holding the tension. And it's like, here we have these polarities and they appear to be so opposite and so difficult to manage. And then there we are in the middle of a decision of paradox. And the ability to stay in that place is where the true realization can come if we run to one side or the other, you know, it's like, <clears throat> it's like being in love in a new relationship, you jump in and it's fantastic and you are swept with all the love hormones and Oh my goodness. And then it starts to slip. And the conflicts arise and in archetypally, <laughs> archetypally. So we all have 12 archetypes, right? When you're dating, you date with two of them. And so you have these two archetypes and they're so happy together. And then you move in together and it's like, oh, hello, who are all of these other ones in here? And all the baggage comes up. You can stay in that place where you really consciously play in the baggage to understand yourself, which is what it's really about, to understand your partner, which is your mirror and beautiful. Or when it starts to get hard, you can run. And when you run, you miss the chance to learn all the stuff in the middle where you were holding the tension of, holy, (laughs) I don't want to be here. I don't feel like I want to be here. All I want to do is run, but I'll stay and engage because there's something here. There was love here. There is love here.
0: So what are the two archetypes that people start when they're with when they're dating what are the two that you mentioned because we haven't actually listed the 12 archetypes yet but I, I let's start with those two and i'm i'm gonna leave that to you yeah.
1: so everybody's archetypes are different we all came in with different versions of the story right so two archetypes that might date in the beginning and get along really well are the knight and the damsel. So the knight comes in and it's like, oh my goodness. And the damsel feels rescued and they get together and they have a wonderful time and there's rescuing and there's love and they frolic. And then moves in, say, a mother and an eternal child. Mm. there's a classic one in relationships so they get into the relationship it's like all of a sudden there's a mother and then all of a sudden there's this child and the mothering of the child and the night and the damsel thing sort of withers and dies and the tower falls and oh my goodness now what do we do and that's that's kind of an example of how the dating happens one level like the whole sacred contract that we made ahead of time was all right Let's get the knight and the damsel together so that we're actually going to be crazy enough to get into this relationship so that we can figure out the mother and the child when that shows up. Mm. It's all been arranged. Thank you, I want to learn the lesson of how to grow up as the eternal child. What does that really mean? And will you come and be my mother that I thought was my girlfriend so that I can learn that? And the answer is yes, when you're all happy and planning it. And when you get here, it's like, what was I
0: thinking? (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's the practicality of what we're talking about here is that our entire lives, all the situations that we come in are actually an archetype that we're experiencing and living. And we can choose to fully embrace that. Or fight against it and run away, and I think that happens in all aspects of life. And so, my question for you, Ephraim, is how? Like, let's let's start at the beginning. How do we determine what archetypes are playing out in our lifetime? Because I I'm aware that there are different stages of our lives, but just look like looking at the whole as a starting place. Because we're going to teach this. You're going to teach this at the mystery school. Yes. I'm just going to be there cheering you on. <laughs> woo, woo, woo. Um, and <laughs> like how, how, like, let's walk people through what they can expect, like how to start that process. And I, I asked this question because I've been through this with you. You and I did my archetypes last year and it was, it was profound. Do you remember what happened the one day, by the way, when the, the branch broke and hit my house in the middle of a storm as I was, what was, I was deciding between what type of inner child, wasn't it? I think
1: so. Yeah.
0: And, and, and I was like, I knew the answer, but I thought it would be like my ego was like taken over. So I'm like, nope, I'm not going to, nope, I'm not going to go, nope, nope. And then all of a sudden, the wind started, boom, a tree crashed just as I started writing down the answer. And I'm like, fine, I got it. Okay, (laughs) bye-bye, ego. I'm over that. (laughs) I know.
1: It was so great. It was so great.
0: Yeah. You, You totally rocked my world. It was a transformative process to understand myself deeper and how I show up in every aspect of my life. And still there are moments when now, when I think back to, okay, what's happening right now? How am I feeling right now? And I'm like, oh, I see you. (laughs) (laughs) I see what's going on. (laughs) Sneaky
1: trickster.
0: Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. So how are we going to start people in this process? So
1: the first part of the process is really about coming to really feel and know those core 12 archetypes and four of those are already chosen and they don't sound good, but they're actually amazing. And so as we start, it's in classes, it's like, okay, let's talk about these four that you think are horrible so that you understand Mm -hmm. how fantastic they are. And then you go on your way with homework to dive into what the other Eight might be, and those four are the victim, the saboteur, the prostitute, and a flavor of the child. You get to choose that, too. And many people with the child end up with the abandoned child or the wounded child, um, which are so potent and beautiful. And... (laughs) I love them, and I hope that the love is conveyed in that first session as we dive into here's where we all are together. And there. Carolyn Mace calls them the survival archetypes because they came in to help you make it to adulthood so you could actually think about, okay, now what's next? Oh, I need to remember who I am. And then we dive into this place where It's it's sort of like a wholeness sort of game, but it might feel like maybe it's a little bit of a mind game. But then you go in and you think, what does this archetype feel like in my body? And by the end, it's, oh, yes, I am and have been living these stories for my whole life. And after that, then we move into... Um, like from this deep relationship that you have and discover with these archetypes, then you get to play with them as if they are your core 12 major arcana. And you can use them to cast readings, to answer questions. I, um, I sometimes say, it's like, oh, finally, the instruction manual. Here we are. And, mm. and here they are to guide you in everything. But the first chart that we cast is your birth chart or your life wheel, and it's here's how they lined up, and here's the big lessons that you wanted to learn throughout your lifetime
0: i think I think that you're you're really Explaining some of the resistance people will feel at the beginning, especially I'm going to go back to those four um, that people are going to—they're re- just going to resist it. I resisted it, and, and I'll tell you what I resisted the most um, was prostitute, and we can use that as an example because what our linear thinking goes to when we think of prostitute is, you know, selling a part of ourselves for something in exchange. And I'm not even—I'm t- not even talking about sex. I'm talking about just. You know, giving yourself away, a part a core piece of yourself away for something in return. and i i i I just didn't want to like bring that in. And yet the way that you explained to me the archetype of the prostitute was so profound. Would you like to share that? Absolutely. Uh,
1: the interesting thing about the survival archetypes in general is, like you said, oh, wait, I don't want to bring that in, is that they're already in. Right. And the prostitute represents that part of us that is um, what we are willing to sell our soul for, for security. And we all do it in small ways and big ways to be safe, to have a home, to have our next meal, to have a great job, to stay in our relationship, because we think that that's security. What happens with the prostitute though, is first we start to bring that into consciousness. And that's really what this archetype is about. To bring into consciousness, oh, these are the places where I've been selling and compromising. And then as that archetype expands and the story becomes fully lived, it comes to a point where not only are you completely conscious of where you're compromising, but you eliminate those places and everything that you give is no longer a compromise because you're doing it from yourself to the point that eventually in what I believe is the height of this archetype, you are able to give yourself fully and utterly and remain completely yourself without compromise and in total love.
0: Which you have clearly seen me transition into, yes. just from learning and understanding the part and owning that part of myself. Yes. Yes.
1: It's it's beautiful. And just to understand that, to call attention to, what have I been selling? And then to realize, wait, I can choose. And that choice can be without compromise of my soul is, is something that people don't realize. It's, it's, it's like on one level, you can hear it and say, oh yeah, I know that. And then in practice, to catch it and go, oh, oh, that what it, that's what it feels like to not compromise, to be me and to still give of myself. And in those moments where you can't give yourself fully, then the prostitute will let you know, like, hey, wait a minute, you're about to sell something here. You're about to compromise. Maybe what you should do is a little self-care instead. Say no.
0: Boundaries. Yes. And I think that there has never been a time in my life where it has been more present around me that people are becoming aware of this energy exchange of what they're giving up for security. What are they giving up for happiness that's being crushed like it is right now? Because what we have what we have sought after and what we have been willing to give up to get those things we're seeking has, has fallen apart. And so that evaluation of it, and that's part of the reason why I bring that example up because that evaluation that's happening internally amongst beings across the world right now is so prevalent.
1: It, um, and it's prevalent because the lesson's got to be learned. Like in this moment of chaos, chaos, it's like consciousness is saying, okay, time to get it and give us giving us a good shake.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like to say that there's the lessons that we're learning is because mama nature is saying, all right, that's it. All of you go to your rooms. You are grounded. <laughs> we will see you in a couple of months when you've learned some stuff. <laughs>
1: exactly. Because <laughs> uh, we'll
0: go before she does. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So going through the process of determining and understanding the 12 archetypes is is where we're going to start. Like you have to understand them as a whole and our we have to turn off the mind and turn on the body into understanding what they mean. That's the first step. And then when you walk people through that process, I know you do a lot of intuitive work. This is... This is a very intuitive process that you do um, as the amazing, I almost said a swear word, as the amazing, I was going to say the F word, and I still want to say it, as the amazing God that you are that allows you to divine information. When people are struggling to figure out where, like in their chart or their wheel, and we'll get into that in class, we're not going to get into that now, are you going to be available there to help people through that process and pull in your deep wisdom for them? Absolutely.
1: That's... That's really what class is about.
0: It's about
1: me being there to hold space for your intuition and your intuitive wisdom. That's what we're asking here. Let these stories rise up and we open up space so that those stories can come out, be known, be fully felt or as fully felt as we can in that moment and then be able to, in that recognition, the light bulb goes on and then we really get to play with who we are and why we came here. Like, right. one of my archetypes is the trickster and I'll just admit it right up front.
0: I love it. And you know what else I like is you just leaned like right into the camera. I'm like, oh, here (laughs) it comes. Something profound is coming. I wish you guys could see Ephraim because it's so so joyous to see your face and be connected like this. Uh, I like it. Here comes the tricksters.
1: The trickster for me, and I think fundamentally behind all of the jokes and all the mistakes and all of the things that tricksters do and play with and dabble in, is... What if you look at it this way? And that moment of suddenly realizing a completely different way breaks everything that you thought you believed. So it's like one of those moments where someone asks a deep soul question And maybe these soul questions can be orchestrated, but I think they come at the moment that they're supposed to. And you know the answer. And that's what my trickster does. I ask a question, and they don't always end up like that. I'm just proposing the question, making space, and let's see what comes from it. And the question is,
0: uh, it all depends. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for you to give us an example.
1: (laughs) One of the questions that changed my world in full knowingness when someone said, what are you? Mm. And it's that easy. And I can ask that question a million times to a million people and they'll just like, oh, I don't know, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that. But then in some moment, that question gets asked. And the realization emerges full body, full experience, and you know, and you answer, and that can never be removed.
0: Mm Yep. Once you see that, you can't unsee it. Yes. Until you live in the next lifetime and you start it all over again. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that. (laughs) <laughs> sorry, folks, I don't mean to like burst your bubble that you're going to do this again, but you're going to do this again. <laughs> right? <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. And there's multiple questions that will happen in this lifetime. It's like, okay, so I got that one. And then another one comes because it's not mm-hmm. like conflict ends when you suddenly have an embodied answer like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because also we are still humans in the mi- in the middle of even when we are embodying our best selves or any energy that. Is that that time in our life, we're still humans having a human experience and there's still other humans around us. And so we're always going to have things not be predictable. Absolutely.
1: And can you imagine, says the trickster, that we actually fucking, oops.
0: See, and I do, I wanted to say it earlier. <laughs> Darn it. No. You win. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, yay! <laughs> All right, the fucks are out of the bag. Now we don't give a fuck. Here so right. we go. <laughs>
1: fuck yes. That we actually fucking wanted to play the game again. It's, it's not necessarily that, oh yes, we have to do it because we want to learn the next lesson. Sure, we do, but we want to. We chose to forget so that we can remember. How insane is that? And beautiful. I know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So you you did a, a – profi- well, first of all, you do profound things all the time. One, one of them was you know that I had – I haven't shared on this podcast yet, and I am going to at some point share my experience in Taos when I received the Illusinian rites and ultimately locked myself out of a house naked um, in my combat boots. <laughs> uh in the dark um about to perform a ritual and that ex- that like that experience for me was so shifting in terms of how i perceived what was occurring and you you know you ask questions in a way that reminds me to take my vision to a higher level like there's times when we have to be present right here in this moment like actually we we're present probably you and I more than most we are present in this moment and yet we can take the time and the shifts to like scope out like bigger picture like you're talking bigger picture vision and it makes the small things seem even smaller.
1: Yeah, it's a beautiful awareness to realize how big it all is and it's interesting because the small things are so often the parts that aren't you anyway like mm-hmm. from the yes yeah, from the bigness it's like oh <laughs> what was i thinking <laughs> that's not me and it doesn't matter
0: i have so much yes i feel like i could just yes 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 no. yes, yes. yes. Yes, it's like just like all the yeses. Um, yeah, yeah, that's big stuff. This is this, and this is what I mean when I said at the beginning that is this is transformational work, and it's it is difficult, of course, for us in a one-hour podcast to go through what it's going to be like to go through this class and this process of experiencing owning these different stories that we have and why we're here to learn them. Oh, I just I just remember the whole reason why I brought up Taos. I need to go back two steps. Can I go back two steps Go backwards? (laughs) I was saying this profound experience that you did for me was when I received the Eleusinian rites, which is tied to Persephone and Demeter, um, you recently read a story to me and my sisters and we loved it. And first of all, I just have to set the stage. So here's what was happening. We were at your house. We had had sister time. We had ritualed. We were all snuggled together on the couch and, um, you read us a story and it was so beautiful. And the story was about, I'm not going to go too deep into it because I know that that'd be too much. But the story was about coming into these experiences to learn purposefully, like to, to have split ourselves up to go and experience different things. Like the what if, what if this story or this purpose was on purpose for us to learn this piece. And that was so beautiful. I love that story. (laughs) <laughs> I know. And I love it that you read it to us as it was part of the magic. It
1: was such a pleasure with like the candles going and the light all perfect. And I think I had that little light there so we didn't have to turn on anything bright. And, yep, it, was, it was so
0: great. It was like a salt lamp. It was like we were, you were reading by like a salt lamp and then all of us, like all four of us snuggled in and connected to you. And, and it was, yeah, we have so many of those beautiful memories.
1: Yeah. And the archetypes are like this piece of that. It's that every single one of our 12 archetypes hold, they're an invitation to transform Mm. and to transform in a specific way. So a mother is going to transform differently than a trickster, differently than a knight, differently than a queen, differently than a goddess, differently than a father. And... So like in the game that we played of dividing ourselves into 12 stories and more, it was like, okay, it's almost as if we have 12 at minimum because all of the stories have multiple stories, ways that we get to transform and remember. In the end, all the archetypes point to the same place. And the joy of it is in relishing the difference of it. Like, oh, I get to live this story that, oh my gosh, brings me to this moment of realization. And now I'm going to go live this story. And all of these realizations get to pop and pop and pop throughout the whole life. And
0: and that's what it's about. Yes.
1: That's what it's yeah. about.
0: I mean, ultimately, what you just described to me is this is what it's all about. Yeah. Experiencing, learning, growing... Here. <laughs> Les, I'm going to send you a note, so we will start at 38:22. We will cut that out, um, but let's go ahead and resume. Yeah. 39. So let me ask you, Ephraim, like how how did you get into exploring this? Like, what called you? into a deeper knowing of the archetypes and to do this work for other people. Yeah.
1: So you were right when you said I've been doing it my whole life. Mm-hmm. And the way that I've been doing it is I devoured mythology. I devoured uh, like fantasy and science fiction are just made of archetypes. It's like, let's take an archetype and put it somewhere. And it's the hero's journey over and over just obviously. And, um, All of that was so in me that (laughs) it was in me in school too. You know, I was an English major and, you know, studying archetypes and philosophy and Jung. And they... (laughs) And I guess in my world what has happened is that every team, everything has boiled down to these archetypes and these stories and these patterns. And what's beautiful about them is, sure, there's a pattern, but then I also get to observe the individuality of the story. It's like, oh, you're living this story and you're doing it that way. I've never seen that before. Oh my gosh, it's so amazing. And so that, that is why I got into healing work in the first place. And... So, I studied with Carolyn Mace at the same time that I was going to massage school because I realized wait a minute, everything needs to be embodied too. Let's get this into the body because we're already in our head. And for me, it was natural and innate language to play. And I'm a poet which is also all about writing archetypes. And it's like drawing in these moments, these stories and condensing them into a few words that can, that are like asking the question of, oh, did you consider it this way? And so, so much of it is, I mean, which came first, the poetry or the archetypes? They're almost the same for me. It's the poetry of living this, this, game of finding your archetypes is finding your poetry.
0: That's so beautiful. It's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Let's talk about poetry. What's happening today? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think I was going to forget, did you? Today we are at the beginning of August, whenever you're listening to this, beginning of August 2020, and it's a special day because
1: I am announcing my first book of poetry. Woo! 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 Yay! It is so rich and ecstatic, and it's called "Making Love with This," and it's available currently only on Amazon.
0: We will put a link in the show notes for people to check it out. Yes.
1: Shall I read to you? Yeah,
0: wonderful. Oh my gosh! Yes, yes, yes. All right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to just, I know that my listeners can't see me, but just so you know, if you guys are listening, I I suggest you just close your eyes if you're not driving. Like, if you're not driving, if you're not holding a baby or something, (laughs) take a minute, close your eyes and just, you know, let the words that Ephraim speaks be a conduit in your, through your ear, into your body.
1: This is called Cathedral of Trees. I came for the poetry. Not for the part where you push to the end of the trail through the rain, as beautiful as it sounds. Not to make it through the cold or to prove anything. I came for leisurely, to listen to the sound of trees, to stand in a cathedral of green, of moss growing for a hundred thousand years or none. I came to feel creation well up in me. And when I did, in just a few moments of real time, I was full. No. I was overflowing.
0: Oh my gosh, that's amazing. That is super. How how tell me tell me about the process of writing this book? Where did the inspiration come from?
1: Mm-hmm. So the way I write is I, I feel so lucky because it it falls into me, oh. and so these moments arise, and then I I get to write them down. And this was a moment. It was the first time that I was in the Olympic National Park, and I took a trail, and it was raining, and it was cold. And I really went to just feel the trees. And there was a waterfall at the end of the trail. I don't remember how far. And I walked and I enjoyed the rain. And there was a part of me that was pushing like, oh, you're going to go see the waterfall. You're going to go see the waterfall. And that was the part that wasn't me. I don't care about the waterfall and so I walked away, and I stood in this grove of trees, I don't know how many hundreds of years old, some of them fallen, many of them standing, covered with moss. And I just stood there and soaked in it. And that's the poem I wrote about it.
0: Mm. Thank you so much for sharing that.
1: Yeah, you know, poetry, poetry for me is about, um, it's, about <laughs> it's about capturing a moment And allowing it to just reverberate and keep going and going and going. And it's so different from capturing a moment with my cell phone, which I probably also did, took a picture. But what I notice is when I take a picture with my cell phone, it's like I take a picture and I turn away and I'm done. It's like, oh, yeah, I got that. But a poem is, oh, no, I'm still there.
0: Mm. What if I what if I do this Ephraim because I think that this is so special and I know your book of poetry is going to be just as transformational as it is to be in your presence. What if I say that we will draw three winners from our archetype class and we will ship them signed copies and that will be on the Moon Temple Mystery School that'll be a gift from us to our listeners and to our students.
1: I love it. Thank you. Mm.
0: Yeah. I think that what you just described is so beautiful because you're talking about being present in the moment and feeling things in your body. And then you have the gift of turning that into words.
1: I am honored every time they come out of me.
0: Mm. Oh, my friend, you are always so amazing to spend time with. Thank you for putting your energy into this podcast and into the Moon Temple Mystery School. I know that people that are going to be attending are going to love working with you. So I'm deeply, deeply grateful. So like deep out to you, brother.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited to make poetry for everyone in the school, for everyone who wants to learn and dive into their archetypes and all of the infinite vastness. That they invite us to. Mm.
0: And that's only one piece of the work that you do. We didn't even get to get into the other pieces, which that'll be another show. Yeah,
1: sounds wonderful.
0: So let's tell our listeners how they can find you.
1: So I have a little lovely free download. So much of my, um, so much of these words arise from me with breath. And so you can find out more about that at OneBreathtoPleasure.com.
0: Got it. I will put that in the show notes and there is it's it's a it's a free ebook on onebreathpleasure.com. Yes. Onebreath-to-pleasure.com. Beautiful. Yes. I love I love it that you give such information away for free.
1: Thank you. And then you.
0: Instagram people can find you at Everyday everydayecstasy. Yes. I love it. That'll give people an idea of some of the other work you do. That'll be a, a hint at our, our our podcast to come.
1: Mm-hmm. And my blog is at um, you've got joy.com. Got it. Because I mean, we need to remember that, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, what's I I have recently probably spoken the words out of my mouth into the universe in front of other humans. Hundreds of times in the last six months, that I am. I live for joy. If it doesn't bring me joy, I reevaluate. I live for joy.
1: Oh, my goodness. Can I tell you a quick story about joy? Yes. Yes. So I'm sitting there and I'm going into an evening of just really connecting with myself. And um, I was kind of rushing around and, and, doing the thing and preparing. And there was a part of me that was, you know, shouldn't you be doing other things? Shouldn't you be doing other things? Shouldn't you be doing other things? You know, a hundred thousand things that we have to do. And finally I sit down and I'm in front of my altar and I love to talk to myself in these moments because the conversations are so real. Isn't that surprising? Oh my gosh, I'm actually Mm -hmm. responding. Maybe that's, Mm -hmm. yes. So I sit
0: That's not just you.
1: (laughs) I know. So great, right? And so I sit down and I take a breath and I'm like, okay, what the fuck am I doing here? And the immediate answer, for the joy of it. Mm. I can't think of a better reason to do anything.
0: Yeah. That's true. I recently um, was asked to do something with well, many of you listening and you know me from. I'm, I'm a single woman, so I date. I spend a lot of I, I spend a lot of time dating because it brings me joy, and I spend time with people that also like joy. And recently, um, one person I met asked me to do a particular activity that did not bring me joy, and I almost. Reversed into my role of, oh, but it will bring him joy. So I should do it because it will bring him joy. And I went, nope, nope, nope. I am not selling myself for his joy. My joy matters. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So always learning. It doesn't matter how far we've grown. There's always another level. It doesn't matter how much we know. There's always another level to learn. We don't ever stop learning because the moment we stop learning, we're dying. Yes. My opinion. <laughs> yes.
1: There's always there's always the beauty of infinity.
0: Yes. I mean, I might, I might have tattooed it on my back because it's so beautiful. Yes. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you so much, Ephraim. I really appreciate your time. And you know, I love you, brother. And I will be in touch with you soon. And for those of you that are listening, I know you're going to want to find out more about Ephraim. And you can do so in the links in the show notes. And don't forget to look up the archetype class at moontempleschool.com because Ephraim will be there and he'll be a part of a lot of things that we're doing in the future. So join us for this magical ride we're going on. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to download the Himalaya app and follow us there so you can stay up to date on all of the new shows that are coming out. And on any of your favorite listening apps, we would really appreciate a rating and review. And if you're looking for more information, make sure that you go to Moontempleschool.com and you can find us there.